It's not the wave of stopping. We need a wave of stopping. We should come up with a wave of stopping. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Fellowship of the Tabletop Bellum Draconis. We are a live play 5e D&D podcast set in the magical homebrewed world of Aerith in the kingdom of Sleetgard. My name is Mark and I am the Dungeon Master. And also with us for this week's episode we have Callum who plays the Warforged Artificer Alpha. Hello. We've got Darren who plays the High Elf Artificer Reigns Haddow. Hey ho. Ian who plays the Tiefling Warlock Nix Corral. God that feels good. Heidi hi. And Danny, who plays the half-orc monk, Marota Broken Tusk. Bonjour. Unfortunately, we don't have Will with us today. He had to take part in his wood whittling competition that takes place in the northwest of Scotland. Um, he will be back in a couple of weeks' time, I promise. He specializes in phallic objects. Big Wooden dildo. No one's surprised. Yeah. But you can also use, also use them like bongs. <laughs> 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 you can use your tongue, isn't it? And Callum is doing that right now. So if this is a video podcast, you'd be able to see it. Also, no one else apart from those of us in the podcast know this because we use Zencaster, as you hear at the beginning of every episode, and we have the video function as well. So we can see everyone. Now, Ian, I can see head, shoulders, and a little bit of his arms. You know, Darren, I can see head, shoulders, Mike, I can see a bit of his, you know. Danny, I can see, you know, up to like navel, Full middle torso, of his yeah. see a good bit of torso with him. With Callum, I can barely see his chin. It's like <laughs> he's a halfling looking over a bar, and all we see is like comes in pipes. Lip, lips upwards. Um, you do have a very shit camera placement for someone so technically minded. I used to be technically minded. I've not been technically minded for a while. Is you look like a shit Steve Jobs because it looks like you've got a turtleneck thing going on. You're <laughs> that low down. Is it because you're, you tweak your nipples throughout the entire episode and you don't want us to see? Be well, honest. No, if I'm going to do that, I'd, I'd want you to see. That's, right. that's the difference. He hasn't changed his camera placement, by the way, listeners, throughout this. He's stuck his... <laughs> Stuck with it. Oh, he's going, oh, he's doing it. The hand is worse. Yeah. forehead. This has been a staple. Oh, God, it's gone, it's gone horrifically wrong. For three <laughs> years now, you've, you've, you've just given us just head. Callum does good head. Speaking of Zencaster, though, shout out to them. Thank you very much for uh, joining us on our podcasting journey and for uh, sponsoring us, as you can hear at the start of every episode. So if you are looking at starting a podcast and you're doing it through the means of the interwebs to get your guests across or maybe a D&D type podcast, uh, Zencaster is a really good one to go for. So check them out. And if you wanted an external link to follow, if you get in touch with me on Twitter, I can give you one. And we might Whoa. get a little kickback for doing so. But we haven't officially announced that yet. That could be coming in the next few weeks. It's all happening here at the Fellowship HQ. What happened last week? Well, that's a good point. But I also just wanted to quickly mention on that as well, that you know the little voice at the beginning that says Made in Zencaster? Mm. I hear... Uh, I don't. I might be wrong. A rumor that that is actually our own Will, Will, our, our um, one-shot Willbot doing that voice. Uh, I don't know if it's true or not. He does get around. He, he, he does get I around. I can't so confirm or deny. 
There you go. But, you know, I heard this too. It's a very high-pitched voice, the the turtle, if you remember. Mm. I heard this too on the London Underground, no doubt. So, you know, it's possible. It must be true. It must be true if it's in the London Underground. Mm. Good Lord. Well, that's a very good question, though, Ian. You posthumously asked me about what happened on last week's episode of The Fellowship of the Tabletop. For that... Hopefully, I'm hoping I can do this because I haven't actually asked. Yes, he's nodding his head vociferously and baring his teeth, which means big old fat yes. We're going to Danny, our chronicler, for an update on what happened on last week's episode of The Fellowship of the Tabletop. In the last few pages of our adventure, our not-yet-heroes, the original five, reunited in a sea of confusion. Marota and Nyx, under the employment of Vordant, appeared at Goldport Keep, much, much to the bemusement of Alpha, Reigns, and Emron. Not believing their eyes at first, the passage of six months between the events of Nick Samarota's certain but uncertain death caused great confusion between both parties within the party. Still unsure, still confused, and still trying to piece the last six months together and trying to understand the breadth of these emotions. The party tend to other matters at Goldport Keep. As Reigns welcomes the defeated servants of Vaundant to the keep and offers them employment and a home. Mistrust, however, is rife in the air. The large hall of Goldport Keep seems to now have the most number of people in it has had in quite a while. Gideon Blackthorn, the burly, short, bearded uh, person that was rescued from the Vaundans' oath, turns over a few of the flipped tables and chairs and gruffly starts kind of clearing up and sweeping down areas. Alpha, Emron, sorry, Alpha, Nyx, Reigns and Marota are kind of stood up near the kind of bar area where the drinks are being held, whilst Isilda and Lysandra, two of the other Oath Keepers, are um, sorting out their quarters at the end of last episode. They've gone out to sort out a place for them to sleep in one of the empty spaces of the keep. Meanwhile, Cedric is holding court. He's pouring drinks and serving food and keeping everyone entertained with tales of his latest escapades. He leans over to Alpha. Picture this, Alpha. A fateful night in a dimly lit tavern, the air thick with the scent of stale ale and the echoes of rowdy laughter. I find myself entangled with a precarious situation, facing off against the bastard, a burly half-hawk with a penchant for mayhem and an ugly halfing, a cunning rogue. We only have one arm. Ha <laughs> ha! must understand the gravity of my predicament. The bastard's temper was fiery, and uh, his dragon's breath and the ugly halfling's tricks were sharper than a than a rogue's dagger. But did I cower in fear? Ha <laughs> ha! Nay, my friends, I unleashed my legendary charm and quick wit, spinning tales that would make even the gods themselves marvel. As the ale flowed, the night grew darker. I found myself engaged in a drinking contest with the bastard. With each tankard emptied, I regaled him tales of wrestling a mighty rock atop the mountain Vortimus, arm wrestling an ogre in the renowned Thunder Broars Tavern, and surviving the perilous plunge into the fiery depths of Mount Volancrum. Meanwhile, the ugly halfin, 
a halfling, ever the sly trickster, challenged me to a high-stake game of cards. Little did he know I had honed my gambling skills with the enigmatic Zephyr tribe, a group of nomads who roamed the vast deserts of Elydria. With a flick of a wrist and a mischievous smile, I witted him, ha-ha, at every turn, leaving him dumbfounded with one arm short of luck, because he only had one arm. <laughs> Meanwhile, by the end, the victory was mine, my friends. Ha-ha! <laughs> the bastard in a rare display of sportsmanship conceded defeat, while the ugly halfling begrudgingly admired my prowess. The tavern resounded with cheers as patrons and other folk raised their tankards to toast the legendary Cedric Windrider, the bard whose tales could rival the stars in their brilliance. And so I left the tavern unscathed and triumphant, leaving the bastard and that ugly halfling nursing their wounded pride. Tales of that fateful encounter spread like wildfire through the realm, earning me the moniker Cedric the Unstoppable, ensuring my stories would be told for generations to come. So, raise your tankards high, my friends. Let us toast to the audacious exploits of Cedric Windrider, the bard whose tales are as captivating as the shimmering constellations above. May his legendary adventures continue to entertain and inspire us all. Insight check. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. What? I loved that. That, that was, was fantastic. That was for, for what it's worth, Mark, I think Alpha at this stage loving stories loving adventure he's probably almost like a child on the edge of his seat right now literally just poised real forward gripping tight waiting for the next awesome paragraph of this adventure the next fable to be told all right uh go on give me your your inside check then gladly (laughs) you meanie absolutely i hope you fail uh 19 bollocks um yeah, it's all, all a fucking bunch of lies. <laughs> Everything you said is absolute bollocks. Just sorry, I, I got lost in the talk about bastards and ugly halflings with one eyes. We're raising the toast to who? Me, Cedric Windrider, the unstoppable. Oh, that's I, you. It was one arm, not one eye, one arm. Yeah, one arm, oh. a rogue with one arm, you see, not yeah. one eye. Yes, please listen, Dad, this story is amazing. I've got many more. I've got loads. I could, I could tell you, I'm sure. Please do. Picture this. Are you going to let me do this? Yep. Uh, Alfred's uh, listening with everything that he's got. A fabled tavern nestled among the uh, mystical forests of Everwood. Its patrons a motley crew of warriors and rogues. It was here I find myself, Cedric Windrider, the bard of unrivaled charm and wit, facing a challenge of epic proportions. On that eventful night, the tavern was abuzz with the whispers of a legendary swordsman known as the Crimson Blade. His reputation was that of a warrior possessed by a burning fury, undefeated and untamed. His adversary, a one-eyed one-eyed sorceress called Winterlight, wielded arcane powers that could freeze the very air around her. It was said that anyone foolish enough to challenge her at this fearsome duo would have met a swift and gruesome death. But as fate would have it, I, Cedric Windrider, stood undeterred to the daunting task before me with my lute in my hand. Fring, and he pulls out the lute at this point. <laughs> and a mischievous gleam in my eye, I stepped into the tavern stage, ready to weave a tale that would uh, inspire the gods themselves. As the Crimson Blade and um, um, Winterlight 
stood and approached me, their eyes filled with a mix of uh, curiosity and a little bit of attraction and also a bit of skepticism, I began my performance. I regaled the gathered crowd, the tales of my uh, exploits, legendary encounters with the dragon at Crimson Peaks. I had witted a cunning sphinx at the serpent's riddle and my valiant stand against the necromancer, the vile necromancer in the haunted ruins of Grimhold Castle. With each word that left my mouth, that left my lips imbued in an enchanting melody. Ah, as the air grew thick with anticipation, I challenged the crimson blade to a duel of wit and skill. With a flourish of my lute, I held it from the, the head end, pointing it like a heavy stick to twat upon his head. I unleashed a melody, fring upside down, which echoed through the tavern, casting a spell of enchantment upon all the onlookers. Though without the magic, just my talents, I wove a web of illusions, daring the formidable swordsman to challenge my steps. To the astonishment of all, he accepted his blade glinting in the dim candlelight. In a dance of steel and music, cha-cha, cha-cha, we engaged in a spectacle of surpassed moral comprehension. Each swing of his sword was met with a nimble dodge and a bring play of the loose, accompanied with a witty retort from one of my lips. Well, just, just from my actual lips. Oh, God. The crowd gasped. Uh, uh, in awe, as skillfully maneuvered the battlefield around us, this tavern moving left, right, up, down, parry, up, down, G chord, and my melodies intertwining with a clash of metal, creating a symphony of heroism and gorgeous melody. And then, with a thi final thunderous D sharp, I unleashed a wave of energy that sent the crimson blade staggering to his knees. In a moment of vulnerability, I extended a hand of camaraderie inviting him to join me in a toast of our shared love of adventure and pursuit of the greatness. His icy gaze softened, and with a nod of respect, he accepted. And then I hit him on the head anyway! Ha-ha! Brilliant. Fantastic. Well done. Please don't make me do that again. I'm sweating from places I didn't know I could sweat. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> incredible. That was, can you award yourself inspiration? Uh, I think I just get to do what I like anyway. I think that's Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a fair point. So, you wanted another story, Alpha. That has been another story. Are you, in, are you inside checking this as well, or do you, do you not need to? <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've got the measure of the fact that this person's <laughs> probably talking shit. I don't need to. Now, Alpha, you look, still look amazed there. Would you like another beverage? I, I'm sorry, I, I don't drink. I, I, I would love more stories. What happened Excellent. at Grimhold Castle? <laughs> Our story unfolds in the bustling Grimhold Castle under the... <laughs> Can't just be me doing these stories. <laughs> yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, okay. We assume that you could do this all day, and we'd we'd all have a a great time. But um, honestly, you you said something about a special type of skill that wasn't just telling stories that would make you a real fine addition to to Goldport Keep. Uh, consider this a uh, your chance to enlighten us. I can play fantastic music. Go ahead. Uh, um, of course. And he um, starts striking up a tune and begins to play a song. Actually, that's not bad. You... Okay, good. You're not going to make me sing a song as well. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. But I don't think that's really fair after what you've just been put through. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? I, I, I can do anything that put through. This is what I love. It's more than life itself. 
Nope, the song's gone. I did have one, but I can't do it. I can't remember the words, actually. It's one special song I made just for you for this whole event that I've just come up with while I was helping Lysandra and, and, and Isilda settle in, actually, about how we're freed from the grips of Ondant and you, our hero, saved us. But uh, the lyrics aren't quite there yet, quite ready yet, and I'm under the pressure of the situation. I must let's quench my thirst with some beer before we continue on this escapade and journey further into the world of music and me, Cedric Windrider. You Before you that. even finish that sentence, your request at uh, a drink has already been met by Alpha, who's kind of dashed off to get you a, um, a, a jug of mead or whatever you whatever we're actually drinking, and he's just brought it back back to you at uh, your bequest of more food, more drink. Ah, ha, ha. Two foreheads, one love. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst that's happening, Reigns is going to walk over to Marota and is just going to say to her. Emron is going to um, run some things into Goldview and pick up pick up our reward for our last bounty, and we want to be thinking about making a move towards Dralak as soon as that business is concluded. Next couple of days, I see. Well, you best ask him to pick up light gear. It's going to be hot. You're gonna sweat. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, thinking about that myself, and we're we're, we're our, our deserts and shallow man aren't natural, but they 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 can get just as hot. I've got a plan for how I'm gonna deal with that. Um, I don't know what it's gonna do to Alpha man. I'm sure he'll be fine. Alpha, you can self-regulate, right? Your temperature. I believe so, although it has not been extensively tested. Huh. My concern is. You're made of metal. Indeed. The, if we have to go underground, it's hot as hell. Z. I don't know your melting point, you know. Hmm. I understand skin, but... You raise a good point. I too am unaware of a melting point, or possibly a cease and desist with my function due to extreme heat. Have you got some it, sort of, like, fan in there? Hmm. Uh, I'm afraid I do not. I wonder if there's a way we may be able to test the limits of my capabilities before we proceed out to Drelak. I mean, you could go jump in the forge. Would that match the heat present? Well, depends how deep we go in Dralak, I suppose, but I, I'm somewhat joking. Please don't just go and jump on embers and hot coals. Very well. Uh, Alpha, your your body, we know en- enough about it that it is adaptive to to certain situations. Like, for instance, the, we've discovered in the past that you're you're not immune to disease, but yet... The, the, and the I can re- survive underwater. Well, yeah, you can do that. You don't need to breathe. However, your body, the memory rune, it, it, it does something along the lines of a, an immune system. So you're, we know your body self-regulates to, a, to an extent, but as you say, never tried it with extreme heat. Hmm. Perhaps this is one of the situations where it is best to learn by doing. Well, we ain't got a lot of choice on that, so... Very well, then I believe this conversation may be somewhat of a moot point. 
it's just you know I'd normally advise people to hydrate, but I'm not sure in your. I do case. not have the capability to hydrate. Hmm. Well, you know, just <sighs> walk in the shade. Yeah. Look for yeah. shade. Shade. I will see if I am able to construct something that I may be able to take that provide some protection. Uh, yeah, like an umbrella. An umbrella. Hmm. This should work. That is plausible. Maybe a little, you know... A little what? Like a little glass and some ice cubes and some, you know, hard drink and you got yourself a wee alpha cocktail. <laughs> As to what logical solution would I need an alpha cocktail? I don't know. I'm just trying to break the ice, I suppose. And Nix's thing was really humor. Uh, ah, I see. Break the ice is a good pun based on the joke I just told. And that also didn't land. So I'm just going to go wait outside and uh, just, you know, catch a breath. All you say, joke landed well. I was just mid-drink. Comedy oh, loves comedy, my, 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 my gal. Yeah, I'm not your gal. No, 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 no. Of course not. No, you could, you could kill me with one hand, and I'd like it. Not like that, but I might. Uh, I'm going to get a drink. I'll be back. I'm, I'm going to go outside with. Rainfall's just taking the room and realize Nick hasn't said anything, and we'll just look at Alpha as if to say, and we'll just follow Marota out the room. For the benefit of that, podcast, that expression is going to be really what, good. What did you podcast. just? Yeah, yeah Rangers, look on, the look on Ranger's face was just one of this is really confusing. The the one person who we couldn't get to shut up is currently not saying anything. Uh, um, also, Nix is outside already. <laughs> oh shit! Sorry. Yep. Just while that is further um, of a moot point. <laughs> <laughs> while um, while you pop outside um. Cedric's just going to quickly uh, turn, slam his hand down on the table to Alpha, point at him directly, like down his forehead towards Alpha, and be like, "You were talking about getting hot, baby. Was that true?" I believe we are going to a destination that does indeed have high temperatures. Hmm. Interesting fact. Interesting thing I heard when we were serving underneath Vondan back there. Uh, he dealt in a little bit of monster hunting himself. He spoke of something in the mountains, not too far from here, near it, lava pit. High temperatures. Not saying jump in it. You could go near it, get a good sense of the temperature. Ah, problem of a creature there, but that's why you heard about it. Could be something worth you guys investigating, having a killer kill. You know, you seem like monster hunters yourselves, able guys. All I remember is, uh, don't know much. I think all I might know more, actually, but creature had a lot of gold. A lot of people try to kill it, something up from the Underdark. Shitload of gold. Hmm. We're all broke. You're broke. We're all broke. Money, money, money. Money. And it's kind of on your way down to Dralak, just saying. It's roughly. And Ola may have additional information of this. The yeah, it's like, a, it's like a knotter or a, um, a dogger or a, a roper or a um, doer. It's an er uh thing at the end. I don't really know. Apparently, it's just like rock. That's all <laughs> I know. But anyway, killable. Otherwise, you know, we're taking over the whole of Aerith by now. But you fuck that thing up. Hop down, there's some gold there. Bunch of adventurers tried it a while ago, and they were loaded up to fuck. So if they're all dead, then you could nick their stuff as well. So probably some items as well you could uh, 
nab on the way because it looks like if you're going in the desert you might need some new new you know any kind of gestures across his body stuff to cover the joints or i don't know how you work man but all that kind i of need stuff things to provide shade they might have an umbrella fantastic is all in the room can i just ask uh, the last you knew, Orla headed out north. She was like, nope, can't deal with this, and just went north after the return of Nixon Morota. They say, right, I'm going to say that. I'm going I'm to, I feel, I'm going to my welcome. Everyone's kind of slowly scared off. I'm going to go check on the guys. Um, Gideon, let's, let's, let's get out of here. Give these guys some room. <coughs> DM's always just starting to hurt now. We're going to fuck off for a bit. And uh, yeah, you just do you, Alpha, okay? Remember, uh, stories galore whenever you want, okay? You just tell me, and I've got them on tap, baby. Would you be able to out. write them down for me, just as he just is about to leave? Write them down? Yes. I love to uh, read. Your adventures along my journey could be most entertaining. Yep, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I'll find me some paper. I'm sure all has got some somewhere, and I'll uh, find an ink and uh, pen, that, pen that bad boy down, just on paper for now. Maybe we'll publish it later. Who knows? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, no problem. Anyway. Thank you. Toodles. Off he goes. Goodbye. He walks kind of through you guys if you stood in the doorway. Kind of, sorry, go ahead. Just, sorry, sorry. And just walks down between you two uh, to check on the other guys. And Gideon just kind of quietly, without much <laughs> much voice, kind of nods politely past you all as he sees you um, and heads off with uh, with Cedric out of the way for a little bit. Um, and kind of pass on then to the to the group that are outside. So if Marota and I'm not sure Nick's whereabouts you are, but if Marota and um, Morita and Reigns have just stood outside getting some air. You guys would be there. Um, actually, we might as well ask though. Nick, we're about to see you. Are you outside at, at the front door? Or are you, okay, you, so because oh. it's been a long time since I've been anywhere near this. This is Goldport Keep, which was Orla's uh, dilapidated shack. Am I right? Cool. So a long time ago when Nix was last there, am I right in thinking towards the south end, um, there was this kind of lake? Um, yes. Right. So halfway through that um, wonderful story, Nix would have got up and left and you'd find him over at the lake. Now, last time he stripped down naked and just laid on top. This time he would be just kind of looking into the water and uh, just deep in thought, thinking about everything that's occurred the last six months and everything that or and all the gaps in his knowledge and how confused he is the entire time that he's kind of deep in thought and he's looking uh, at the water in his hand in front of him is the broken glass ball that he got from old girl and old girl used it to kind of read the future and the images so Nix would be kind of peering um, almost like the water's reflecting and uh, curving around the sphere orb, but broken and fractured. And he's kind of feeling very akin to this ball. And he's just kind of looking at it and staring at it. And um, this is this whole kind of silently staring at this orb would have been taking place whenever Nix had time alone ever since um, he regained consciousness. Um, it's like his, uh, safety net in a way, you know, um, we all gravitate towards something in moments of like, uh, shit, this is Nick's and he's been doing this over and over and just looking through the ball and, uh, losing himself in thought. So that's what would have been happening this entire time. That's where you find me if you find me, but that's, there you go. That's what I'm so doing. Marita, 
Thanks, Ian. To Marita and Reigns, as you step outside, if you were to look to your left, you could see straight through past the other buildings, past the outhouse, past the cemetery, and maybe make out the silhouette, probably about 60 or 70 feet away, of Nick standing by the water's edge. Uh, maybe the glint of something in his hands um, with the low orange sun of the afternoon glinting off the lake, probably refracting up into the the uh, cracked crystal ball that um, Ian so aptly described, kind of casting quite interesting specks of light out, um, maybe reflecting off off the um, the skin of uh, Nyx as well as you step outside into the kind of cool, crisp, almost autumnal but warm air outside Goldport Keep. So I would sort of slowly wonder, not with any real purpose, but with the idea that my eventual destination will be the lake where Nyx is, but just like the most... Um, staggered not staggered like hands in pockets not really sure what to do yourself sort of approach um uh sort of going around some of the i guess that's where some of the plowed land the plowed and sown crop stuff is going on and to sort of inspect that machine that reigns has put over the top of it um feeling like that's maybe reigns's space not necessarily doing anything or inspecting but just sort of wandering slowly south southward as you do that, Reigns is going to wander alongside you and is just going to say, Nick's coming with us when we go to Dralak. Uh, it's uh, us now, is it? Well, well, yeah, I suppose it kind of is since you've gone all the way to hell and back and have chosen to, to come back to us. It's nice to to hear that. Um, yeah, I think he will. We're not, you know, we haven't got a grand plan and this could be a big opportunity. Uh, he, you know, he's enjoyed, I think, being on the road a bit the last couple of months. So... Yeah, he doesn't seem like he wants to go back to his ship anytime soon. Okay, fair enough. He's just, well, I don't know him, admittedly, but he ain't, I've always fought him to be many things, and he has been many things, and the small time I have known him, but quiet ain't ever one of them, and, well, he's quiet, that's all. Again, anyway, you knew um, us for two weeks at best. Yep, yep, two weeks at best, and he never showed up in that time, but. Anyway, that's that's not the point. I, I just... I don't know. Is he all right, I suppose? I mean, almost dying, it, it humbled someone. I think maybe just his ego took the hit. And he's maybe a bit more realistic about how mortal he is. I, yeah, fair enough. I think I can understand that a near-death experience will give you a aversion to near-death experience that 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 makes sense um you're forgive me if i misheard you but you've said once that you were you worked on arable land in drelak right you, you, you've worked on farms before i'm a farmer i oh um but not, not I, like this stuff like this stuff is good quality soil and you know a baby could grow anything in this without really working hard it's a lot different growing stuff in sand uh, speaking for 
a baby who's trying to grow something in it. Um, there's a, well, look, it, when I was in Father Keep, uh, uh, there's a city that used to exist in Shadowlands. We are, our uh, deserts are so volatile you can't grow anything on the land. So people grow them, they grow them under the earth and, and a lot of the stuff that's powering Elmer here is, is, um, is, is magical. However, um, he would just kneel down and start to, 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 to just, uh, run some of the crops, uh, that are starting to shoot through the earth through his fingers. I ain't too used to, to using Almighty Soul as a, as a, as a, as a, as a partner in wealth harvesting. I was wondering whilst you were here, if you could, Take a look at what I've done, and I admit I ain't a farmer, but I, well, it seems there's a lot of hungry folk in this kingdom, and this was perfectly good farmland going to waste. And I'd like to maximize what we're what we're getting out of it. And I wondered, since you're back and you know about farming in difficult conditions and using the sun as a source, I assume that's what you do in Dralak anyway. I was wondering if you'd take a look at it for me. That's all. Sure, I mean, you're doing fine. You put seeds down, you watered it, and it's sunny. Like, it's not complicated. Is it green? Yes, it's working. Okay. That uh, thing, Elmo? That metal metal horse? Self-pilling plow. Official term. What's wrong with just, you know, and she sort of looks to her hands, just getting messy. I ain't averse to doing that, and I'd I'd be up for for doing that. But we ain't been here a lot, so I've had to leave something to regulate the farm. Otherwise, it was on. Might need only simple tendering, but it needed tendering nonetheless. You'll you'll come to find that the only enjoyment you get from this, if you're just getting rid of the produce, is actually doing it. And if that little mechanical cow is just walking back and forth, it's not going to be as fun. And giving too much thought to this being fun, I do. Maybe you're right. All but right, you you've done good in the most awkward way of reading that he wants feedback. Well oh, done. Thanks. Thank thank you. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna uh, when we get go... to Dralak. Yeah, I'll show you what real farming looks like you see when you don't have nutrients in the earth you have to use what does exist so you know growing fruits from cacti and and trying to um, a carcass of animals as as you know your 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 beds it, you know there is some creative work there here oh, the um, soil's just like ooh, feed me i'll give you food it's like child's play <laughs> And uh, if we ever make it to Shadowmend, I'll take you to one of the halfling hamlets of the uh, Underforged village of the Golden Triangle, and I'll show you what farming under the ground looks like. That sounds great. I mean, I don't really like farming <laughs> um, that much, but sure, if it means a lot to you, yeah, we could do this like a master and apprentice type thing i can show you the ropes and then you show me this really cool thing and you'll feel validated and it will be great for you 
it, it would. And you might have fun, even though you don't enjoy it, since farming can be fun, right? It can. When you've done it for 20 years, you, you may change your tune a little bit, but in uh, the beginning, uh, it's fun. Yeah. Fair enough. Well done. Yeah. Thanks for the <laughs> validation. It's, 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 it's almost flitting between sweet and condescending. It's just like having a chat with my father. Anyway, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you to have another whatever it is you're, you're doing over by the lake with, with Nick. So I've, I've got a, you're right about one thing. I can't go and walking into Dralak in a hot tin suit. So I'm going to, I'm going to go deal with that. But thank you though. Thank you for welcoming us back. It's, um, good to see you. I think. Likewise. And I'll leave Marisa to just continue wandering towards Nyx. And Reigns is going to head back towards the keep, looking to find the one of our helpers who said they were a healer, which which I believe was Celia, the, the half-elf. Um, um, Isilda. Isilda. Yeah. That's my crappy handwriting that makes that look like Celia, I will um, oh, close enough. amend that note yeah, no as I okay. walk back towards the keep. Cool, okay. For now, we'll just follow the path of Marota as she starts to continue making her way south down towards seeing the still figure of Nick staring into the... Are you just like staring into it? Are you kind of turning it over in your hands and looking at it, or is it a very still... Um, uh, I spend a long time staring at this and have done over the last six months. So I'll turn it over um, every now and then just to I would have the light cast a little bit different, see if I can see anything, look through it, look into it. Just it's been as much as a, when Nick's first got it as this wonderment of watching old girl be able to read uh, the future through it. And uh a, a small passion of wanting to learn how to do it to then turning into a comfort blanket and more than anything, a habit of there's nothing else to do in some of the places that he's been in other than this. It's like you read the only book in the room if there's only, you know, uh, it's it's that. And so it's, it's a, so much so of the wonderment of how it works as, has been killed and left behind to the point where he's just looking at it and he'll move it and look at it more than anything. Now it's just looking at the lights and it's something to do and occupy, um, the mind. Fair. And that's what you see, uh, Marota, as you start to approach, uh, Nyx, who stood by the water's edge glimmering on the very still, almost glass like lake near Goldporky. What's the ball seeing? Same thing it always says. Nothing. So, big day, big thing just happened. Um, I attempted a joke that didn't really go down well. Uh, so, I won't be doing that anymore. That'll be just you. Uh, and I think Rain's just invited me on a holiday. But uh, just, just the two of you. I think so. I'd say that's a bit more than a holiday, Marota. Yes, 
this this trip south are you you still keen want to go check out this dragon and you know get some cool shit or it's a trip to Dralak. hey with everyone well you know uh the idea was we'd sort of pick up some extra muscle and this muscle we don't have to pay for and they're already invited anyway so are you going i think so i haven't been home in a fair few years and i don't know what happened that time before but there's something about dragons I can't place it, but I can speak it somehow randomly. Like it's, <sighs> yeah, that's that is weird. Uh, I think but... I need. I think I need an, an answer, and this might be an outlet. And then we can just do you stuff after this. Uh, like this I... one thing that could be like my thing. That could be like, oh, I'm doing this favor for you, and then it's all you next for a while. Like I'm happy I, to like. I, we can I have no stuff. Uh, we could get I find some even stuff. know where to begin any anymore. Um, but I do know if you're going, I'm coming. So yes, okay. And maybe we can like maybe there's a cool thing, and you can be somewhat um, interested in, and it could be pretty epic. And you go back to the Esmeralda and be like, "Hey, I've fixed everything. Here's this dragon horde for you." It would. Um... I think be called to go back to the Esmeralda. Uh, like down the I line. am. Yeah. I'm done with boats for like years. Yeah. Everything just, there's so many gaps in my memory from falling in to that abyss. I just get confused really easily and I find it hard to trust. So if you're going, I'm going. Um, okay. Yeah. I also think that maybe bringing you here and this thing and this thing that Emron has that you need, we can like just close the door on that and and you can get whatever you're after. Because, you know, you've not been well and that might be a thing that could help. I haven't been able to use any powers since I've fallen. Uh, It just doesn't come to me this was the last and i'm not point. sure i want it to because it led to i don't know i don't know if i want it back i don't know if i if i i don't know then perhaps the next few days with these three you can decide if we want to destroy it or take it back you're going, yeah? Yes. That's, I'm in. That's all I need to know. Okay. Well, there's a thing you need to know about Dralak. Right. And that there's is... no big birds there. Oh, there's big birds. <laughs> like, big birds. But I really want to get past this terrible monster hunting business that these three seem to be involved in. Like, it's not good. And they're not very capable. And the stuff that's happening is 
poorly planned. We just don't provoke the big birds. I don't want any big birds. I, I, I'm quite happy never to touch the sky again. Now there's a thing. <sighs> we should um. We should check in with Alpha. Yeah, yeah. Because I actually know, did miss that big metal. I beast. I meant more the gemstone that is worth a small fortune that he probably <laughs> still has. Oh, that green one. Your thing, your one. Not the green Was one. Is that my thing? The blue one. That blue one. Was that my thing? I always thought like the orb was a substitute for that gem that you always wanted that he took off you. Yeah. Is yeah, it not? Different life, I guess. Hey, do you think he still turns into, you know, if a, if provoked? We could find out. You could, like, tickle him or whatever you do. Oh, was there a <laughs> command? Yeah. It would be good to uh, talk to Alpha again. Well... Now's the best time because he's just listening to some guy talk bullshit, so... He's got someone else to talk bullshit to? I think you've been replaced. Ugh. No, you need to go back in there and stake your claim and say, no, this is my bullshit audience. Move on, Cedric, the whatever he calls himself. What kind of name is Cedric? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be along. Just need a... Few more moments. I have been kinder than I have been in many years in the last like hour. So I'm now going to have a period of just quiet reflection, and I'm probably going to go like stamp on a mouse or something. Uh, <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go for a a stroll. Okay. I think I heard something rustling in the bushes behind me, but I I I don't know if I can trust my own hearing and senses right now. I'll Good luck, though. And uh, don't go far, right? I won't. Okay. And I'm going to move with purpose in the direction that Orla went about 20 minutes ago. Okay. And I'm going to try and track her down. Uh, Nix, what are you, are you hanging around for a bit longer? Are you moving on or are you staying there? Yeah, staring at the orb. Uh, glass ball, not the orb. The orb was, we were talking about Alpha. Yeah, no, just uh, staring at the glass uh, ball. Um, in front, just kind of, just looking at it. Reigns, you take uh, a sharp left turn, a sharp right, trying to get towards the location of these two other individuals that had been saved by you and your crew, and you run face-to-face, poof, kind of into uh, the person you are looking for, around the corner outside the central kind of empty armory room next to the one that was set on fire by Vordand only a matter of hours ago. Oh, oh. gosh, um, sorry, you... you I didn't see you there. No, I didn't see you either. That's a total incidental. It's corners, isn't it? Yeah. Get to the yeah. It's that. Um, what are you looking for? Healing, right? That's that's what you do. That's your thing. Uh-huh. I, uh huh. I, I'm gonna need your service for the for the first time, or I might do. I might do, and, and don't worry. 
not a euphemism. Just, just a, just a, I, I'm gonna probably need your help. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen with what I'm about to do, but I could do with someone there to make sure I don't die. A bit more information would be useful than just possible death. Oh, sure. Um, I uh, uh, practice this 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 um, vocation that we we will call artificery. And a part of that is I can summon uh, a, 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 a very nice tin iron suit uh, to, around me and, and then use it as a weapon to, to, to fight my enemies badly most of the time. It, it, it probably still looks relatively impressive. I can't say I've ever done it in front of a mirror. But, but about to go across a very, very dusty, warm, hot sampling and having done the golden triangle and shadow man I, I don't particularly fancy doing that in a tin suit so i'm gonna take out my shadow Mindian liver and i've had nc working on something a while and i'm gonna the infusion that i've been doing on the tin thing i'm gonna put through shadow Mindian liver and and in order to do that i have to put myself in 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 the armor or in a part of the armor uh won't be taking my clothes off or anything it'll just just be a part like a glove or gauntlet and when that happens i can then transfer the power from the current tin suit into that now i've never done that transfusion before and i may die in the process of doing that transfusion since the suit is going to be powered off my brain and i'm there to stop you from dying yes okay she shrugs yeah, NC will fly around. Ah, NC, NC should, should, should be able to bring me back if all you can do is just stop me from dying. But I don't know what's going to happen to me. Well, I do know what will happen to me. I'll die. I don't know what's going to happen to NC if I expire. And NC may power down, which means my security protocol might power down and I'm dead, the squirrel's dead, and someone a few years from now writes in a footnote of Shadowmendian history that the crown prince of Shadowmen died on the far side of the world being an idiot. So, stop that from happening, please. It's, you, you're my insurance policy, is what, I'm, is what I'm saying. Fine. Okay, let me just put down these things and then, yeah, where do we do it? All right, it's in the. I've got it set up in the armory. I've had it. I've had the suit. No, it's not the suit. It's leather in the, armor in the forge because that's the armory there. I think you're getting them confused. The armory is the old one that's empty. The forge is the one that your friend Emron, the that's man, that's a that's exactly where I'm over there. Yeah, that's that's a you you call that a forge? Well, it's got a fire in it, hasn't it? <laughs> in Shadowman, we we call that a fire room. Um, should we head over there? Yeah, yeah, I think that's best. If we do it in silence as well, that's probably best as well. Maybe Reigns will allow the silence just for a second, and then he'll just chip in. Your accent sounds slightly Shadowmendian. Sorry, I know, I know you said silence. It's Moonrise. There's a lot in common between the two kingdoms. <clears throat> and there's as awkward silence as you as you walk over just just cross nicely over Nyx at some point were you aiming to go back into the Great Hall to see Alpha or were you staying because you mentioned something about going to see Jack on Alpha or were you waiting for Morita to return uh, 
I will answer that question once Callum um, stops waving and wants to talk. <laughs> the only thing I was going to say is that after he has been advised of like the lava pits in the mountains on the route to Dralak uh, from Cedric, he would have left the hall hoping to basically find Reigns and advise him. So if you were to look up, you would probably see Alpha outside the hall just kind of casually looking around. Um uh, for Reigns, but this probably probably would have missed Reigns as he's gone to the Forge. It might have ended up superseding it a nicer... Let's do that because it's a nicer interaction to have. Um, so yeah, what you do is you look down towards the kind of west of the of the cluster of buildings, stone, dilapidated stone buildings, and see uh, Reigns walking uh, like a half step behind a rather tall, elegant half-elf, silver hair, um, who's kind of looking ahead kind of like a dead eyes look in her face um just just looking ahead as she walks quite nonplussed and then she catches your eye as she starts to approach and and reigns you also see alpha as well ah alpha hello dad i have some promising news with regards to our recent discussions on theory the wonderful cedric windrider has advised that on the route to dralak there are some high-temperature lava pits within some mountains. This could be a promising opportunity to test my thermoresistance. Um, are you saying you want to go swimming in lava? Is that that that? He advised not to jump in, but then he said, maybe jump in, it is my choice. I do not feel it wise. However, the surrounding ambient temperature may be enough to mimic what we may expect in Dralak. It could at least be a start. Oh. Um, I have been advised there may be a dangerous creature there, but that may be, I don't know, irrelevant. Okay. Well, we're going to have to weigh up the risk of that and how, and how um, serendipitously, shall we say, it might it might attire uh, uh, line up with what we've got we got planned. But I'm not against it. It sounds. Interesting. I mean, I, I, I'm slightly loath to to let you go swimming in lava and just a stress test because, well, we we've just stress tested one Nakavolo to see if it can survive being eaten by Drake, and, and the answer was it. It was not successful. No, you you still got that thing, the uh, obsidian. If that is what it is, then yes. Good, good, uh, Alpha. Uh, you remember Acelia? If you told, this should do it was like twenty minutes ago that you. First of course, met her. it is a pleasure to see you again. She reaches out a hand and pronounces her name, uh, Isilda. <laughs> she had a man, um, we pronounce that Acelia. <laughs> <laughs> sure, uh, she had a man, they pronounce it wrong. Alpha just extends a hand back, saying, "Absolute pleasure to meet you again, Isilda." Likewise, we are going to kill your dad here. By the sounds of things, and she looks no, towards. No, 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 no. I'm going to potentially kill myself, and Isilda is going to ensure that that doesn't happen. Isilda, close Isilda. enough. Let's just, let's just not even bother with it. Uh, yeah, so we're going to the forge. Are I see you coming? You can come and watch by all means. Sounds good. Um, yes, I would be most intrigued as to what your possible death may entail. 
you could be a little bit less macabre about about this alpha. That would be that would be fabulous. But um, I assume this is an experiment, though. Experiment. Oh, actually, uh, yes. Having you there is good because of that perfect memory bank of yours. It's very very good for making sure that when I put the old calculations in, that the one that doesn't involve in my death is the one that I stick to. So so yes, alpha. It'd be really good to have you there. In retrospect, if something is to be involved in your death, would it? matter if I record it at all? Well, well this has got very fatalistic very, very, very quickly. I'll tell you what, let, <laughs> let's not deal in hypotheticals. Let, let's go and see what happens when I try and infuse a second suit, and hopefully, I won't die. Hopefully so. Well, and I'll dear. continue to make my way over to the forge, not the armory. <laughs> and Isilda follows uh, suit as well. As the three of you start making your way over the over the ploughed fields, through uh, a, a kind of a grassy knoll which separates two smaller fields that you separated out for the potatoes towards the forge, and you notice along that track the well-worn boots, and you can see the many many routes that which Emron had taken over the over the weeks and months you'd spent time there. The same as all three of you, it's a well-trodden route. And this room in this area, <clears throat> until just recently, was almost like a second home to you. As you approach it, though, we're just going to pass quickly before we get there. Sorry, to uh, Marota, and I imagine you've kind of gone at like a you've got a fast pace, you've got a good speed anyway. So imagine you were like a kind of probably a light jog, maybe as you walk through, a uh, chance to stretch out the limbs, etc. After being cooped up in some of the places Vordan's been um, sending you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, whereabouts are we heading? We're heading north to, to... in the direction that all are all are headed. Okay. Oh, are you looking for I'm looking for all it? Okay, so you you head up through the buildings past where uh, you you can kind of see the remains of the the, the hall and and the rest of the buildings up to the northern pass, and you start heading up up up, and it takes you slightly uphill, uh, ever so slightly. Um, you kind of crest over a slight a ridge, and you can see the long shadow your your kind of form casts on the ground in front of you, quite crisp and quite clear, can make out the very clear figure of your of, of your of your body, and. Um, and take that in for a second before kind of glancing up and you see what you expect to see um, off probably on the next nearby crest of the hill, the the uh, house and the shop that old Gail talked about, probably half a day's walk away. And not too far down the road, you see the small figure of Orla sat on the side of the road, kind of just using her fingers and kind of flicking stones and just playing with small reeds of dyed grass, uh, grass and straw um, with her fingers looking down small kind of cross-legged hunched over looking very very young all of a sudden like a like a like a a really just upset child almost not like petulant but just there's something defeated in her in her kind of body language that just she doesn't know what to do and she doesn't um yeah see you i'm gonna approach quite loudly and make a point of sitting next to her incredibly close looking in the direction she's looking. She's looking out away from Goldport Keep, so yep. again, the shadows kind of behind, um, away from the sun, which again seems seems rather odd, but telling of her personality, out towards kind of the rolling hills nearby and uh, the blip of the, the one house that, you know, of Orgel's kind of shop thing he, he talked about um, in the distance. Hello. Hello. Marota.
I don't care at all how the last six months have been for you. But I come here with a piece of advice I hope you take. No more. You're not... No more. This monster hunting stuff, it's its not for you. Your information is bad. You're massively misunderstanding what's, what's being asked. Is it not better that you're just... You're celebrated for what you've done, for the blight. Don't, don't fuck it up. Don't fuck up the amount of people who died that you fought alongside by just being shit at this. She continues looking at and nods her head slightly as you talk. After the blight had ended, after I was told to stand down from the sleep guard surge, I had nothing, no purpose. I'd spent years training, years fighting, years with a clear goal in mind, and now with nothing, I needed a purpose. Shit, I'm supposed to be good at this. But you're we not. are good at this. You're not. We found you stuck in a cellar by your first contract that you tried to do. Your second one, Nix and I almost died. Your third one, apparently someone died. Like, stop. Find something else. Start farming. Like, Reigns is going mad for it. Just. You're stupidly in debt, from what I understand. Like, you're not going down a clever path. How else do you describe we pay this off? By selling potatoes I, in the market for the rest of my life? I am, there is no we. This is your shit. Then how do you expect me to pay it off? I don't know, but it's clearly not monster hunting, is it? And it, it is we. Because the last six months, and wherever you lot were, I have been taking on every expense for those three. Keeping this place running, looking after them, letting them grieve, letting them mope, feeding them, cleaning their, cleaning the place, incurring debt after debt, not working in order to look after them. Is that because of your own guilt or is that because of them? Both, neither, all of the above. I wanted to do it because I wanted to be a good person, a good friend after what they, you all have done for me. I wanted to give it back. I, I reciprocate, pass on. And you've given us your debt too. No, like you said, that's mine. They'll find you the money because they're good people. But I don't want you making the mistake of thinking I am part of that. I just, I just thought we had something. I thought we had the chance to do something great. 
yes, I am known for my exploits and the blight, but infamy fades. Dime a dozen for the number of veterans of the blight, all disenfranchised, all jaded now post-war. I wanted something that I could revitalize myself instead of falling down a path that so many of my my comrades have fallen down paths of drink and drugs and any other mean of nefarious to keep that to keep that feeling alive. When you fight in something like that, Marota, when you fight in something like that, there's something deep inside, something dark that stays with you, an enjoyment, a, a, a feeling that that nothing can top it. I was simply looking to find my next infamy. I was finding something I was good at. Yes, okay, I'm not great at my organizing or information, but, but I'm getting better, okay, each, each, each time. Hell, the next few I did have, which I won't, were well-planned, scouted, researched, weaknesses, specifics on place and time and information that would be useful. I was still learning. I am still learning. And if you guys don't want to be involved in them, that's fine. You're still always welcome with Goldport Keepers, as much yours as it is mine. Yours included, Morota. I'll find some others. No, you won't. Because this is something I want I want to pursue. Because this is something happening to, to Goldview. The, the vacuum is being filled when the undead have gone by the others, these other things that are returning that once inhabited this place. And I, I, I won't see these lands destroyed again. These, these are my homelands. I've seen it destroyed once and we were on the precipice of it all going. I won't see that happen again and I will snuff out the flames as they approach. So yes, it is a bit greedy. Yes, it is a bit money, but also it's about my land, my place. Look at the place, and she points back towards Goldport Keep. It's a fucking mess. It's barely even standing on its own. The masons that come out tell me daily that half the rooms are dangerous to live in. That's why we don't use half the place. But I refuse to give it up because this is this is who I am. This is my family. This is my home. You're an imbecile. This is this is folly. If we say no to the next contract. You go and you hook some other poor suckers in. Like, you need to get real. You're not going to stop what's coming next. It's not you. You could put up a valiant defense or two. You need to get real. People are dying because of your incompetence and because of this weird pride that you have. It wasn't my incompetence that you jumped after Nick's. That nope. was yours. Correct. So you can lay some of the others at me. Yours you cannot. If you say so. If I catch you doing this again, Orla, I'll have more than words. I'll see you back at the keep. Maybe. And I'm going to walk off. She's going to stay. Holy shit. I'm sweating even more. Yeah, right. Oh, that was good. Dying on that for a week. (laughs) The uh, Marota, you continue to walk back to campus. The sun uh, 
still setting off a splendiferous uh, set of orange and yet red hues on the splendiferous scattered Columbus clouds. Columbus? Columbus, Columbus clouds. Columbus clouds in the sky above. It's like breath. If you wind. close your eyes and breathe deep, you will find yourself transported into a land of wonder. Where no, I don't know what I'm doing. Carry on. I don't know either. I don't know either. It's very peaceful. We were turned into a very zen situation there. You were chilling me out. I know, but it was, it's With your the description. That's what I picture when that whole thing was taking place. The darkness very on the cool. face. Yeah. Half light of the red sun and then this kind of quite quite strong worded conversation taking place. Um, I just, I don't know what to go to now, actually. Everything is kind of packed up quite neatly, actually. Oh, I know who we'll go to now, actually. The sun, I will follow Moroto as he, she continues to walk back um, towards Goldport Keep. And I imagine it's probably a slower, purposeful, but slightly slower pace. The sun continues to sink down into the uh, into the sky. And the sun just dips below. And you have this red hue in the sky and orange hues above the Columbus clouds as the sun slowly starts to set as rains alpha and Isilda head into the forge. Nyx continues to stand, probably till the last glints of sunlight leave by the lake edge, and Marota heads back towards uh, Goldport Keep and Gideon, uh, Cedric, and Lysandra, who also uh, inhabit the place now. Just as it dips down below and the shadows start to fall slightly lower, there's a moment of just serenity, the situation of the calmness of peace maybe just physical peace as opposed to social peace, but physical peace for the group, a moment of Zen and calm. Very quickly, we move away from that situation. We pan over the mountains, across, over the hills, sorry, over towards old Gell's shack, his small house, his small shop that he had set up. And you see the tottering form of old Gell, jostling in, jostling round, looking left, looking right, uh, picking up some scrolls. His shop is filled with portraits, hand-drawn portraits, not maybe by him, by others that seem to adorn every single wall. Nothing else seems to be sold in this shop, just line upon line of these portraits, lined up one after the other, facing outwards. Uh, None of them seem to be moving. The shop is deathly quiet. Four figures enter, clad in dark clothing, cloth across mouth and nose, one stands to the front, pulls down the cloth and says, Are you the one they call old girl? He turns slowly, smiles and nods. All four of them pull out swords, scimitars. The one up front leans over his back, pulls out a long bastard sword and holds it in his hands. I think it best if you come with me. Pull away from the shop, out, over, across the mountains, camera moving faster and faster, the sun lowering deeper and deeper, and finally settles outside a dilapidated, dark manor. And we hear a shuffling. And you hear the grunts and groans. It's almost like the camera's too high, it has to pan down slightly, and down a little lower. And we see the form of a small, shadowed goblin. Yeah. Fucking guys, they're fucking late. He mutters and shouts over his shoulder as he paces back and forth. He leans against one of the pillars of the old manor and looks back. And he don't know. 
Come on, lads, it's set at noon. Set by the moon. He looks down towards a small letter he holds in his hand, crumples it up, throws it on the floor. <sighs> Huffs and continues looking out. And on a rather weird ending, that's where we're going to leave it for this week's episode of the Fellowship of the Tabletop. What? A weird crossover, only because only because next week there's going to be something slightly different rolling out with um yeah, rolling. With what we've got planned. And you'll uh, you'll you'll know all about that next week anyway. But something a little bit different, not too. It's all the same world as I noticed, just across the just across the the, the hills slightly. Uh, just another little event that's taking place that we're just going to cross over to away from our main campaign. Ooh. Just a week or so. A little something there for, to attach them both. Ooh. Glue. Yes, some glue between the two. But Jesus, I'm literally, my knee pits are sweating still from that conversation <laughs> with Marota and Ooh. and Orla as vociferous. I liked it. Mm. All round intense okay. bit of RP from everyone. Thank you very much, guys. I think there was one mm. roll, I think, in the entire app. Who rolled? Darren's Me, insight. Insight check. Yeah. Rather than yeah. that yeah. bullshit yeah. insight check. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, wow. So Windrider is like the best person in existence at Alpha. <laughs> it's very helpful you're saying this and you're really far from your mic. We can all yeah, hear you. All. But it does lead me to say thank you very much for tuning in and listening, making us a part of your everyday week. We love you for it. Hopefully you enjoyed everything that's happening. And like Mark says, look forward to next week where we have a little bit of specialness being sprinkled in over our main campaign where we take the camera away and focus it on a similar group that's already hit up against the party. We find out a little bit more about them. So be sure to be around and tuning for that. If you wanted to keep up to date with the podcast, you can do so on our Twitter page. Uh, the main page is at Fellowship Table. I was just going about threads. Threads is a new thing, guys. You might see us on threads. And if you do, it will be the Fellowship at the Tabletop unless some bastard has already taken it trying to pretend to be us. Be careful of fake fellowshippers out there. But you're not fake. You're our audience. And we love you very much. You can follow me at iRoder1. You can follow Darren at... Darren Page 6 You can follow Big Cunty Callum at... <laughs> the, the D20 Gamer. <laughs> Danny can be found at Total Party Thrills. And our wonderful DM can be found at. He's muted, but it He's was hastily rolled hastily DM. Rolled Sorry, I was going from you saying the C word. But yeah, hastily rolled DM. Absolutely. Uh, hey, if the C shaped shoe fits. Until next time, guys. Farewell. <laughs> <laughs>